are... We're just wild and crazy kids today. Thank you for joining the live taping of Taking Up Space. <laughs> Where's my phone? <laughs> I've, I've got to make sure that we are being shared out today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and any other. Ooh. Yes, make sure we're blasting out all over their asses. Do, do you Just hear like, this? Tch, 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 tch. Do you hear it? Something's coming. To you, everything. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Maybe you can explain to me in this episode the the gospel clowns, because that's one part of gospel that I <laughs> truly don't. Wait, wait, I'm trying to. Sh I'm trying to. Sh <laughs> stop because we had people do that type of worship in our high school for like the talent show <laughs> the pantomimes we're talking about when they're, when they're like worshiping the lord with <laughs> culture or practice or spirituality it's just Listen. i learned about it as an adult as a black person and i first of all i was very oh, upset that i never up. knew i never knew about it because i grew up in like a cult so like i mean <laughs> a like very niche religious cult it wasn't yes. a big one and so <laughs> that was one you said a very what What's the called? Niche. I said a very niche gospel. Niche. Uh, niche. Yeah, very niche. Uh, <laughs> niche. A very niche. Yeah, can y'all can y'all chime in and let us know whether it's niche, niche or niche? Because I didn't tomato, know. Tomato, tomato, my nigga. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so your your cult, which yeah, is not so my cult. Yeah, so we, my cult, we didn't know about the popular Black Christian traditions beyond like. <laughs> The basic shit that everybody knows of so like into the weeds of what the gospel clowns i did it <laughs> i'm sorry Panta, what do they have an actual name like I that's how much i don't know okay, okay, i'm gonna google it right now look this is this is, is, this is our, <laughs> this is our I, don't, I need to stop google this no 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 it's no it's not disrespectful <laughs> it's your positioning in the world i'm googling i'm googling google <laughs> that's how fucking high i am so here we are on, on halloween ooh, 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 ooh. Gospel pant. Wow. <laughs> I think it's. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me see what happens when I Google gospel clowns. Clown yeah. ministry spreads gospel of Jesus Christ for 24 years. I'm dead. Wait, we're, listen. This is the future, so I'm going to screen share this shit. 
we should stop. Here we go. This All is right. the best for Halloween. I All right. love this so much. So the clown ministry spreads <laughs> gospel of Jesus Christ for 24 years. Shall we, Stacia? I mean, I feel like we need to. <laughs> I mean, uh, sound off in the comments, um, in the chat. Let us know if you think I should read this article. This is the clown ministry with this background music. This is just lore. Can you hear it, Station? I can. I'm giving my life to it. Clown ministry spreads gospel of Jesus Christ for 24 years. This is from August 29th, 2015 by Titania Dunlap. Twin Falls, um, if you told Reverend Mark Burgess 30 years ago that someday he would be a clown, he would not have believed you. Mark served in the United States Air Force. I swear, y'all don't send me any hateful messages about this. Send it to Titania Dunlap. She wrote this motherfucking article. I'm just reading it because Stacia t started talking about gospel clowns. I Google gospel clowns. <laughs> And this is where but we are. you know are. what I'm talking about, right? The mimes. The I know, but I, I, we'll come back to that in a second. I got to read this article just because the ancestors are telling me to. Mark served in the United States Air Force until 1997. He had a flat top haircut and hard starched his uniforms. Then he has, no, then he was a Twin Falls County Sheriff's Deputy. Oh, fuck Popo. From 1997 to, oh, so a clown turned, well, was a clown. That turned into a god. Clown-turned clown. This totally makes sense. From, <laughs> he was a Twin Falls uh, County Sheriff's deputy from 1997 to 2000. Yeah, so see, clowns for clowns. clowns are evil. All around. He wasn't the type of person you would expect dressed in oversized shoes, makeup, and a big red nose. This background noise is giving me life. But he and his wife, Nettie Burgess, have been clowns since 1991. I Mark, bet they have. Mark came ah! to clowning first after receiving encouragement from three different people while living in, listen y'all, all you need is three people to believe in your shit and you can clown. They said, Mark look, to, this nigga was a clown always. So let's just lean into the clowning. Nettie got into clowning as well after experimenting with clown makeup one night. One night is all it takes y'all. One night, Mark walked in and Checkers was born, Nettie said. <laughs> they started the clown ministry called Clown in Ministry and performed as Doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, Doulos and Checkers. Mark is the senior pastor at New Life Assembly of God in Hayburn. My personality has grown more like the clown over the years. <laughs> Mark said, I did not write this. This is like something out the fucking onion. If you scroll up, these are the fucking gospel clowns. Look at them. Uh, I can't. I gotta fish this. Wait, all I can't see the pictures. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You can't see the pictures? No, right now I'm just seeing your, I just see your screensaver. Oh, wait. I shared the wrong screen with everybody? Mm -hmm. Sorry, <laughs> I should have caught that earlier. My oh my gosh, you're the worst producer ever. I know. Um, this is what you really oh wait. This is even ah! I'm so dead. I can't this is even better. <laughs> I can't. It's where better than my imagination, even. I don't know where the music went. 
back. <laughs> okay, oh back to the back to the point. I gotta I gotta finish this. So the clown in ministry. Oh man, this thing goes on and on, y'all. Oh wait, I gotta finish this. Okay, I'm, I'm just re gonna read faster. Okay, so this pastor, the senior pastor of New Life Assembly of God in Hayburn, says my personality has grown more like a clown over the years. Mark said, I'm still a by the book and black and white person. The Burgesses take their craft seriously and have honed their skills by attending Maranatha Bibles College, Clown Ministry College. Hmm. So Family wait, Clown Ministry College. So there's a whole college for ministers who are also clowns? <laughs> I think I went to the wrong school. If I'm being honest, this is a perfect, this is a perfect music transition. I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're abused. I don't know That's if anyone else matters. is, but like, I don't care. That's all that matters to me. Woo. I'm highly abused. Okay, so I gotta finish this. This is the perfect segue. Okay. The Burgesses take their craft seriously and have honed their skills by attending Maranatha Bible College's Clown Ministry College, Family Entertainers Workshop, Clown Vegas, and the Safety, Magic, and Law Enforcement Conference. You gotta get, get the Yikes. fuck out of here. Yeah. Safety, Magic, and Law Enforcement Conference. Safety, Magic, and Law Enforcement. No, 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 no. Safety magic in law enforcement. I'm so confused by safety that. Magic whole, in, safety magic in law enforcement. You got me fucked up if you want me to believe that there's a whole safety magic in law enforcement. What the fuck our is our black asses are also, still dying. Furthermore, what is safety magic? Because I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> I can't. I never knew about it because I grew up in like a cold. I'm sorry. Wow. I just, I'm trying to make sure that we're going out live while also, and something else is happening. There's a lot going on over here. Okay. Anyway, it's like Inception. Okay. Let, me, let me finish with the gospel clowns. Okay. So safety magic and law enforcement conference. They have also won several awards, including the American Clown Idol Award in 2008. This is over y'all. So don't send me hateful letters about these Christian clowns because I, it's over now. Today, they don't perform as often as they once did, but still find time to visit local churches and other organizations. They've even crashed a wedding rehearsal as a request from the fathers of the bride and groom. We've cut, we've cut down quite a bit since I'm a senior pastor, Mark says. Nettie works as a substitute teacher, Cassius Mendoka. Ooh, wow, bless these people. The duo's busiest season was in 2009 when they did more than 200 performances. And you know what? I know that there's a way for my black ass. The music, I'm dead. Let me get to the end of this. They went to Calvary Assembly of God and Bull. The character is a combination of a prankster and American hobo. When they share the gospel, they don't teach doctrine based on any particular denomination. That's so good. Uh, Wait, this ministries. Is I think I've been going in the wrong direction in my life. <laughs> <I'm so> <laughs> 
not to be confused with the insane clown posse. It's a whole other thing. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. I'm done with the gospel clowns. If you are, um, yeah, no, it's fine. I, I think I was... it's just very interesting how um that's a thing, you know. I was talking about the clown mimes though, and like as the black oh, Christian I... tradition, <laughs> I just don't. I gotta. I don't understand why it's a thing, and like what I found out about it, I was very amused about it, and I don't mean that from an offensive place, but it seems very absurd. And I haven't gotten to the bottom of the historical trajectory of why it's a thing, but like You're I'm here for of it. Of the gospel pantomimes when they're like, pr- yeah, like, and they like total, dance. Total praise they- is on, and I think that's like a praise dance is what it's called. We called it a praise dance, and those are praise dancers. There's a that's the praise dance. Tell me, get me together, because you okay, probably okay, so, know more okay, than let I me, would. Let me let me let me put let me get you together. Yeah, my worship is surreal is one of the things I can't play it. Oh, you know what? This doesn't belong to unless unless this gospel mimes. Here we go. Here we go. Unless this church actually, I gotta find my 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 Zoom window. Unless this church sues me, it should be okay for me to share my screen right now. It should be. Now, if you anointed praise dance ministry are not about the anointed praise dance ministry, (laughs) okay. Let me stop this for a second. Okay, I'm gonna stop that the clouds so that we can see different clouds. Um, don't sue me, praise dance ministry. Okay. So I Googled praise dance ministry. Okay. I just Googled like this is nothing. We're not like I didn't even know this was happening until this exact moment on Taking Up Space Podcast, episode four. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Um, we love to see you come and we love to see you go. Um, I Googled praise dance ministry. And it gave me Divine Worship Dance Ministry Academy. is very close to me. Also, Dance for Christ Ministries. Nadia Torres, shout out to you. A praise dancer she is. With with a five-star review. Wow. Just wow. wow. Yes, all of it. All of it. Dance. All of it. Okay, so this is my worship is for real. We won't play the whole thing, so maybe we'll get away with this. This is probably what you're talking about. Maybe. I'll th- just do a little clip so you can see. I, this may not be it though, because but it's like they have the mime faces and they do. The no, they that's not it. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. They, they look tra- like clowns. Tra- they, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're here. I went to high school with. I, I don't want to name. But it. they have gloves. They wear white face masks, and they just or, or they have painted. I've seen this in real life, like a whole thing, and I just. Wait, why can't why do why have I seen this in person in the nineties? But can't is this no, it? do gospel mind? Just Google gospel mind because <laughs> I it came up when I googled that. <laughs> yes. yes, that's what I'm talking about. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. God is We're gonna trouble for all of our needs, and as we what celebrate is this? what it is that God does, as Jehovah Jireh, who is. Our provider. Jehovah Jireh. There are two things that you need to know orally. Jireh. We'll talk about it. Let you know that you can live without. Jireh. The first one that you can live without is your tonsils. You can live without your tonsils because as your your vocal cords begin to expand, that's when you begin to feel a strain within your throat. And you must understand this that whenever it is that you move to a new level in praise, that's when the devil will try to strangle the praise out of you. That's why when you're going through something, the enemy will tell you, stay at home. 
The enemy will tell you, it don't take all of that. I wish you would be quiet. I wish you would sit down. But you'll know this, that the people who don't want you to shout are the folk who don't need anything. But the folk who are desperate for God to do something awesome. They didn't come to church tonight to be on a video. They didn't come to be on the record. But they said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I think I got about 300 folk who just need God to do something. Oh, I'm talking about you need God to do something. The second thing that you can live without is your wisdom teeth. You can live without your wisdom teeth because wisdom teeth always show up late. And when they show up late, they disorganize the entire dental structure because they try to move people. The entire... The entire okay. dental structure. The entire dental structure. The entire. I'm not, even, I'm not even trying to just like poke fun. It's I really genuinely am fascinated. I don't understand no, no, it. No, 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 no. I, I don't I, understand the historical trajectory. I'm confused and intrigued. Well, let's, let's well, and listen, amused. You, you're not you're not alone. I never think about how this shit probably looks really really weird to someone who didn't come up in it. Like we had, they're now a couple now. Um, there's a, a gentleman and his lovely wife. We went to high school together. They did this in the cafeteria. <laughs> Wait, what? Just at lunch? <laughs> I can't. I'm dead. It, it, would, it, would, it would actually be ridiculous if I were making this shit up, but I wasn't. Like it was like a we used our cafe, school cafeteria a lot as like the 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 practice space. The, no, the presentation halls, like the morning. Oh, you know, right. I went yeah, to yeah, arts. Yeah. I went to arts school, so I'm not gonna name them because then people would think I was so rude. Like as if it matters now, like a thousand years later, but he and his wife i feel like their relationship was forged by doing this in the cafeteria of our high school and now they have lovely children multiple children they have they've been running businesses they travel all over the world like um and go on vacation with their family like but it's i, I guess it would be weird and hilarious if you were not around this shit growing up it would be clowns black people in what's like white face essentially talking about throat things but honestly like maybe it comes from you know i do believe in this like ancestral texture of consciousness so i'm you like better, you better clean maybe this is some this is hearkening unto I mean, some older african diasporic tradition of spirituality that's more mystical that has gotten woven into the modern imaginary is what i'd like to think also it's one thousand percent absurd to me you've gone (laughs) (laughs) you've gone to the colonizers museums you know how we used to paint our faces and how we still paint our faces and things like that i think this is probably in the nature of that i think case in point this is exactly (laughs) This whole discourse has been us. Uh, this whole segment has been called clowns, um, like like it's like it's meta. It's really really meta. Um, I think that there's probably intersection of the African diasporic. I think that's how you said it. Um, because you're smart. Um, uh, I think there's an intersection of where we came from, and then the shenanigans that is the theater that is the black gospel church. 
and in assemblies of gods and church of gods and church of Christ and church of God in Christ and all that. I mean, all, all these traditions, I'm not speaking from a positioning of something that I've never encountered before. I'm speaking with actual receipts. I've seen this type of pantomime and tomfoolery. Um, there are videos of people. I, I should probably, I'm gonna try to pull the video right now. It's the almost, in some way, I think it's more authentic, right? Because it's like, if you are presenting in a way that presents this gospel narrative as theater, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, then we know what it is, right? It's not like dressed up in, an, in sort of some more powerful narrative thing than what theater is, which can be powerful and transformative and whatever. But I don't know. I'm just really fascinated by this whole culture that I didn't engage with like it like in my own ex- lived experience, you know, I'm almost voyeuristic of it, but like- Well, when, well when you realize that this isn't far-fetched, Stacia J. Turner, um, just watch this for the next minute. Um, uh, I'll, put the, I'll put the link in the show notes for people that wanna check it out that are listening. All right, so this gentleman is praise dancing in front of a church full of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. To our beloved Whitney Houston. Wow. Oh! Why you do that to me? We recovered. We recovered. We recovered. We recovered. Ooh, yes. Wow. And it's just stood up. All that. So this is this is who we are. This is who we are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. I think that you can't expect to be. think that this is <laughs> this is a memory for my legacy my nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews will know they won't wonder like i wonder about what my uncle main oh speaking of the topic of our episode today by the way is <laughs> queering you'd say what it is queering black queerness queering black queerness okay so um speaking of queer black queerness i had a queer uncle who was that way in my family, speaking of spooky things. Um, he was very, you know, that way. Um, that's how they talked about it. Um, you know, he had a touch of that. Um, things like that. Were sugar sort of, in his tank. Sugar in his, yeah, say. exactly. Sugar in his tank, sugar in his loaf, sugar in his britches, all of the sugar. 
Um, and and all of the people who are calling names are fat bastards or died as fat bastards, by the way. So where's your sugar now, ho? <laughs> um, but I digress. That's not nice, is it? That's not nice. That's not nice to say that people that called that said that you had sugar in your loafers as a child now look like they ate every piece of sugar in the house. All of my, all, all of my bullies, living and dead, all of my bullies, uh, living and dead, all look like they ate all of the sugar that was in my loafers. Ain't it um, ironic? Huh? I said, ain't it ironic? Life is a hell of a thing. Sometimes you reap what you sell. Um, so anyway, that's why I'm gonna stop talking um right now today we're talking about queering black queerness and um where i was going in my diatribe was that my gay uncle was on the wall his vibrant luminescent beautiful smile my uncle there is this fine darker than me dark skinned man that looks a lot like my father but looked a little like me too with the baby like he had like a, a very tight cropped fro this ghost hear the music this speaking of ghosts oh it's halloween my dead queer uncle would hang out around the house and i would say who's that man on the wall everyone in my family would go that's your uncle maine and then they would switch the subject very quickly to something else. Erasure. So this ghost, this beautiful, I wish if I had prepared for this, but we don't prepare for what we're, well, I, well, station prepares. I don't prepare. We kind of prepare. We prepare for presents. I didn't know I was going to be talking about my dead ghost of an Uncle Maine in here. Come on in the room, bruh. Let's talk about it. Come on. A tangerine, bruh. It's Halloween, right? I can mm -hmm. talk about I can talk about my dead gay uncle, right? Of course you can. Especially on this day of all days. <laughs> the portal is open today. Cone in the room, Uncle Maine. So my Uncle Maine was on the wall my entire childhood. Apparently he was a brilliant, vibrant star of a personality, but AIDS got him in the 80s, and no one wanted me to die the same black-ass way. So instead of telling me about this ghost, they simply allowed this person to be on the wall. Today we're talking about queering black queerness um, on the Taking Up Space podcast. So we're going to talk about the reason why, you know, I had to suffer um, and had to be called sugar loafers and sugar britches and y'all told me that i switched down green elementary school hot um um a, a green elementary school y'all told me i switched you told me that i was a faggot um you told me i was a punk ass nigga you called me um a sissy uh, my father used a lot of these things as well um this is what you did to young queer me um and so i've come on to this episode um to talk with Stacia J. Turner, an amazing thought leader in my life and soon to be a thought leader into the cosmos. Oh, you hear that? Oh, 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 to the cop. Did you hear it? In the when I said to cosmos, it got louder.
kind of hood, though. It is, though. What? What? I'll teach these ghosts how to Dougie. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> so, because I didn't know my queer uncle, because y'all kept him from he, and he died in the 80s. My mother was apparently a fag hag of his, and she knew everything about him. And so there's pictures where my mother's looking at me, and I'm sure in her eyes I see, like, my kid's becoming a faggot, just like Maine was. I hope my son doesn't die a gruesome, painful death on his deathbed over at MCV Hospital, like my Wait, queer Maine. uncle. Well, there's so much like Halloween. Y'all think Halloween is scary. Try growing up as a queer kid in a black ass Christian family. Yikes. That's a treachery. Truly. A fright of all frights. So I get on here with people like Stacey J. Turner to just have a memorial. Like we we're, we save these. Um, Lord willing, creek don't rise or nature willing, and we don't blow each other up. I'm going 30 years from now, I'm going to get on something like a hologram just like this. I'm going to say, computer, pull up Halloween night from 2020 and that fuck shit COVID. And then Stacia's going to magically appear in her hologram if she's not sitting beside me on the compound that y'all can't come in, dusty bitches. Nope. Positive vibes only on the compound. And we then test gonna... for vibes. We, we said what? We test for vibes on the compound. We do test for vibes. Everybody isn't allowed to stay on the compound. We're damn sure. Y'all think we're joking. Everybody can't be in the compound because people will try to take your piece on Halloween and every other day. You think goblins are fucking... <laughs> you haven't met some of the people I've met. For real. Anyway, <laughs> like that try to literally bring hell and goblins and I told one of my earth goblins <laughs> I, I said the only problems we have are the ones we create mm -hmm. it's true you don't have to have any problems say she's sitting over there with a whole fucking face beat looking like a monster um I got a glowing orb of a, of a jack-o-lantern behind me like why y'all want to be ghoulish and ghastly year fucking round. The demons are within. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's both, that's both, that's both the most hilarious thing you said. <laughs> and also the fucking the truth. Trail is. Trick or treat, bitch. Trick or treat. Welcome to Taking Up Space. To my, the rest of my wonderful tangerine. Beard. Eating a baby pumpkin right now. I'm peeling a baby pumpkin. I think tangerines do look a little like um, baby pumpkins. Anyway, welcome um, back to the Taking It Space podcast. This is episode four. I'm joined, as always, by the fabulous and talented Stacia J. Turner, um, who I believe has a lot of awesome thoughts and thought leadership. Um, to give to the world for those who want to hear it and taste it and see it and be in her wonderful magic. Um, she is in the pre and currently starting a wonderful organization that's going to merge all of her passions into a lived reality called Ethereal Materials. I'll give her the opportunity to talk about the blossoming of that or not later in the episode. 
Um, but that is hers. And so when you get the magic of ethereal materials and Love City Arts into a space on Halloween, tossing all of these wonderful things into our witch's brew. When that happens, when we start stirring our creativity and when we start stirring our magic, what can we cook up together um, that's better than what we can cook up apart? And so some of you are racing towards a finish line of all of your own. And one day you'll realize that the magic is in, is in eating a tangerine online with one of your beloved friends. Mm -hmm. Because if we're gonna die next week as all you niggas claim, might as well die happy and free. <clears throat> Say it again. Might as well go happy and free. That's it. All right. So <clears throat> my gay uncle, beautiful man, apparently had a beautiful voice. Not unlike yours truly. Mm. Owning fully who I am in this earth. I didn't come here as a fucking oak tree. I came here as a singing motherfucking human being. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason not to own that. And I'm I'm ashamed. Oh, it's perfect. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed on Halloween that I allowed you spooky motherfuckers. Some of you even like talking shit in the wings while I was on stage trying to perform. You bitches. You treacherous, nefarious assholes. Ghouls. Ghouls and goblins on earth on days that were not Halloween. I'm letting y'all know <laughs> with receipts, it's a different kind of day. Mm -hmm. You have no reason to be the uncle on the wall. To my point that I was trying to make 20 minutes ago, Station and I are here recording this because 30 years from now, we wanna look back and be able to hand this to our legacy and say, this is, a, this is where the freedom began for your generation. Mm -hmm. Speaking of freedom beginning for generations. I'll just add while you're doing whatever you're doing. Um, I, <laughs> I think it's Audrey Lord who says like, if you, something to the effect of just like, if you don't record your life, your experience, they'll kill you and say that you enjoyed it, right? And so it's like, yes. if we're gonna die, if COVID's gonna get us, if the popo's gonna get us, at least we have a living legacy of the vibrant energy and light that we are in this present moment, right? Can't nobody steal us that from us. You can't take it today. Presence. You can't take it today. Right? So if we've got all these tools, these gadgets, these technologies, right, we can pierce through space and time to be together with each other like why not be hooligans talking about real shit and silly shit <laughs> on a halloween during quarantine thank you stacia for doing this with me thank you it's so joyful for me obviously i, I love any excuse to be a clown y'all have no <laughs> y'all have no <laughs> Y'all have no clue how great these things are to, to do and also how great they are to watch back. When you're free, you're in this wonderful state of like tangerine eating free fall with your cool kid friends with nothing but time to burn and love. Like you'll realize that like, <laughs> it's amazing. All right, speaking of the future, 
this is what the this is what the nephews both adopted in blood shout out to greg stamper Yeah, I'm here for it. We should, we should have this vibe back. Like, like I'm next, here for not, it. Like, like Halloween and forevermore, honestly. You know, my goth ass is like, Halloween! Oh my goodness. Okay, so what I have in my hands is a copy of I Am Every Good Thing. Oh, I saw that on the on the IG. Our young black men, and our young black women as well, but this book I think centers on young black men, um, need to know that they are every good thing and that they are not spooky on Halloween or any other day. Unless they choose to be. Unless they choose to be. I wanted to highlight this because I cannot wait to get the... I got a personal copy for myself for my iPad. Um, but I want yeah, them to I have... Yeah, I need to get that in my life. I want them to have trends. Like, I want to go into the front copy of the front of it. Oh, my... Look at this. Oh, it's so beautiful. Look at all of these young, beautiful... I think I won't get in trouble if I read... Um, if I read the it's like free the, promo, the liner notes. Yeah, okay. Look at these beautiful brown faces in the in the cover. Oh, in, I'm in here cover. for it. Okay, so this is from Nancy Paulson Books. Um, stay tuned. We're building Love City Arts Publishing currently, and so we're gonna have books like this out in the world as well very very soon. Stay tuned, everybody. Love City Arts Publishing House is coming. Um, ooh, you hear that flourish when I said it? Okay, so here we go. Let's hear it for everything. Okay, hold on now. Special effects team, could you take that down a little bit? Could you take that back? Thank, thank you Perfect. so very much. Thank you, team. Everyone give it up for our special effects team that's working on the ones and twos. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so this is the, the liner notes from I'm Every Good Thing, written by Derek Barnes and Gordon C. James. They, they're the creators of Crown, an ode to the fresh cut. Um, uh, Pastor... Hey. Yes, Fade. Um, Pastor Greg Stamper was gushing as a black man in his black boy joy about how this pay, how this book had brought him to tears, just reading from it as a black grown black man and what this would mean for young black children. And I immediately latched on, investigated, and I was like, this must be in the physical hands of all of my adopted and, um, uh, and blood uh, nephews. Um, I wasn't initially send it to their mothers or grandmothers and get delivery, but I wanted this to be the moment that we had and th that I had in the eighties and in the nineties, when someone gave me a book back in the eighties, they inscribed inside of it, something loving a note with the date. To you. Yeah. So that the book became a sentimental, beautiful thing. And so um, I'm really, really grateful to be able to be the adult now that gets to do this. Um, okay, so here are the, the liner notes. Um, 
let's hear it for everything that makes you amazing. Oh, let's hear it for everything that makes you the amazing, awesome, inspiring kid that you are. Your curiosity and creativity, your bravery and kindness, your sense of humor and fun, your ability to get up again when you get knocked down, Dang. your way of helping others. Yeah, you are all that and more. You are every good thing that makes the world go round. So go ahead and show us your magnificence, all the things that make you, you. And this whole book, all, I don't know what the pages. I don't know how many pages this book's, but I don't want to give too much away. I, but um, he, and I want to talk about the authors. Derek Barnes, come and talk to me on the Love City Arts podcast, bruh. Um, I would love to hear from your beautiful black ass about, you know what, I'm going to reach out to him. He lives in Charlotte be lovely. with his wife and four sons. Let's try to get him on here. That would be lovely. On well, one of the footprints on here, but I, like, Anyway, Derek Barnes wrote the New York Times bestseller, The King of Kindergarten, and received a Newbery honor. That's why he's great. A Coretta Scott King author honor and the Ooh. Ezra Jack Keats, Ezra Jack Keats New Writer Award for Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina with his wife. Okay, so no homo and his four sons. DerekDBarnes.com. That we know of. That we know of. I mean, you like what you like, bruh. Gordon C. James received the Caldecott honor, a Coretta Scott King illustrator honor. So the illustrator of this book is a different guy, Gordon C. James, and a Society of Illustrators gold medal for crown. I got to get this book now, whatever it is, an ode to the fresh cut. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina as well with his wife and two children. So these black dads. I'm here for it. Created a book of affirmation. Um for for young black boys and there is a line Let's say young black children young black children hopefully they will i mean hint hint guys do one of these for uh the black girls as well um or the gender non-binary or the gender non-binary i mean like you really could read this book in in any uh lens because one of the most powerful lines from it that's available on many book re re uh, retailers so i'm not giving this away either is it it said at the end of one of its pages i am who i say i am and i read yes, this i read that yes. from this book i read yes i read that from this book last week at the behest of another brown man um in my circle pastor mm -hmm. greg stamper and i don't know if you consider us to be in the same circles or not but like he's in the orbit of the algorithm and he shared this and when i read i am who i say i am god damn it god damn it something in my heart said <laughs> Y'all niggas about to choke for the rest of your life on this brilliance. As long as the almighty gives me strength in this body, I'm going to be slamming notes on the table for the rest of my motherfucking life. And you can either get on the, ro the rocket ship, as Stacia and I were talking about pre-show, you can either get on the rocket ship of this love or get off because we don't need extra payload in here. It's going to be all of us rejoicing in how we are all 
every good thing. I am every good thing. Stacia is every good thing. The only thing that pulls us out of our power is when you dusty ashes ain't doing shit niggas. Because it's never people that are actually thriving as well. It's always those of you who want to figure out that I use a sure microphone. Let me get the addition of it. One second. I got to prove a point. Yeah, it's true because like also when people... It's an SM58. When ain't eight shit hoes are doing not a nary nothing they're very curious about what people who are doing shit are doing is that funny how it works very curious very <laughs> curious very like like hella curious and the thing about it is that, like ain't nobody checking like just be be excellent put good into the world and if you're putting good into the world, good will come back to you from channels that even stretch beyond me. Get free today. Let's see what the um what the what what um the the reviews have to say on the back. Um celebrate all the things that make you such a force of nature. I cannot wait. You know what, Stacia? I'm gonna give you a copy of this. I would truly adore that. I, I love truly you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you I'm gonna all send, of my black boy joy. I'm gonna send you a copy of this, Stacia. I really am because um this is a this is a message. Um this is a whole, message. It's a whole message. <laughs> Powerful, timely and beautifully rendered a book I want to read to every child I know and the ones I don't. That's Jacqueline Woodson. Praise for the crown and ode to the fresh cut. I won't read those praises and I won't read the praises of the king of the kindergarten because we're not talking about it. Um, but I, when we do have hopefully um, Derek Barnes and Gordon C. James on an episode of the podcast, we'll ask them about those other books too she faced. Guys, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to splice this clip out. Would you come on um, in the year of our Lord COVID and, and I know the holidays are coming up, maybe sometime the top of next year and just... You know, we would love to talk to you about where you found the motherfucking audacity to love on Black people in this way. And inspiration. I would just love to hear about the creative process of writing children's books because I just think back to how much uh, books were such a formative part of my young imaginary mm -hmm. and how important that is when you, you know, like just thinking now there's, so often I wasn't reading black books. I, I wasn't. I, I just wasn't. I, I didn't see anything like this in my childhood. Did you? I wasn't. Yeah. No, I was not reading books about black children. So um, I wonder how having those direct sort of callbacks to yourself, how it shapes you as a young uh, African I, diasporic person. I want y'all to see. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get... Y'all have to. I'm buying a copy for Stacia. Um, hand to God, pinky promise. Like, just remind me because you know how I am. Um, but then this will also, we got to break this out so we can try to entice. I want to send this video, um, this part of it, to Derek Barnes and Gordon C. James. I'm not even going to give this away because you can see from the cover what this is. But inside are the most beautiful brown children. I love that. There's something really and powerful about queering the black imaginary right like being something beyond what is the normative in the american context um when please, we see black characters it's so important please come on and share with us um in some capacity gentlemen we would love to have you 
um, drinks on us, you know, like, like, wow. So anyway, I, um, I wanted to talk about that because part of that lends itself as you're saying directly into the fact that when you are affirmed and you know that you are every good thing in this life, you're allowed to be a queer person. Um, and even at 36 and it is plenty, like it is enough. Um, so They're coming to get us. Mm-hmm. The shenanigans. What did you bring as your first talking point when you were thinking about queering black queerness? Um, okay, so this concept came to me just because I have been reflecting upon how um the reality of what I thought coming out as a queer per black person was and how I would be received into a community of other queer people uh, was disparate than the reality. And what I mean by that is that I had this yeah, idea- Yeah, cause you're speaking a lot of $500 words. Like I had this idea that like, we were in this time and place. We were in the future where you can just be whoever you wanted to be, nobody likes labels anymore. And you could be fluid, you know, like you could be a, with a man or a woman or a non-binary person or a trans person. And it was fine. And you didn't have to have labels. And the, you know, there was a big population of people who were open to sort of dip and dive and be flexible and adaptive. But what I've actually experienced is that from, from my own experience, and maybe I'm just not in the right crowds, I don't know. But um, while on the surface, I see more people talking in fluid ways, what I experience in queer spaces in real time is that things are very sliced and diced, right? You Tell me about how it's sliced and diced. Tell you, the people who aren't in queer spaces how our shit is spliced and diced. Um, I think that there's a lot of performance about which label do you fit in, right? Are you trans mask or, or are you a daddy dyke? Yeah. Are you a baby, you know, are you baby dyke, A-fab. soft femme? Or are you an ace? Are you, a, you know, like there's all these things. And for me, it's just like, in general, I like labels are not bad for me. And I know that like, that's a, a cliche thing. Uh, but for me, both my sexuality and my gender genuinely are fluid. And so uh, I guess I wanted to talk about this because I'd love to hear your experience and for us to have a back and forth about our own coming to, coming to terms with our own queerness, gayness, you know, like talking about um, being non-normative sexually, gender-wise, and how that has been empowering, but also the ways in which we have experienced even marginality within queerness is kind of where I was thinking about this topic. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think did you did you want to launch into like solutions-based thought or talk a little bit more about the problem? Well, I'll, I I'll take your choice. I kind of just wanted to start with the fact, well, just like maybe sharing a little bit of my own story and how, like my own challenges with where I'm at now. Um, and then maybe you can sort of add your own experiences about like coming out and then 
I feel like coming out to ourselves into the world is like a continuous process, right? If you believe in fluidity and so we grow and change. And so I keep having these iterations of being like, oh, this is another aspect of myself that I wasn't awakened to or whatever. But so we'll, anyways, we'll talk about it. tell me your story. So I feel like probably in high school, I started to realize that I was not heterosexual. And so I, How you know, old in I, high school, probably like freshman, sophomore, you know, early in, in high school, I was always a very strong gay advocate, but I was not. And like, I was like, I think some girls are cute. And it, like, I was starting to sort of unfurl my own uh, queerness, my own gayness, you know, as a baby gay. Mm -hmm. But there was a part of me that was like, I'm not gay enough. So I can't articulate myself as gay because like, you know, I'm female side at birth. I really like boys. I think I kind of like girls, but it doesn't seem like I like them enough for me to claim that it was like my mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think this is really problematic. And that kind of lived on, I think, into my early adulthood where it just sort of seemed like, okay, well, I don't know that I can claim this identity because it seems like the people that I see around me who claim these identities of bisexuality and gayness or being a lesbian, like they have, specific ways that they show up in their identity that I don't like meet all of these things. So like, maybe I just, I, you know, I suspected that like, I had imposter syndrome about my queerness, which is like absurd, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then the first person who I was in relationship with and who I was in the longest term relationship with, identified as a trans, uh, like trans feminine as a trans woman. Um, and so like, I was totally fine with that. I didn't, it wasn't like a challenge for me to like come to terms with loving that person. Mm -hmm. um, but it just seemed easier to like play, to perform to what was heteronormative rather than being open about my queerness. You know, I think we both felt that way. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting it's interesting how even within queerness, and if we want to say, like, the reason why I typically use queer as a word is because I think it gives room to articulate fluidity, right? Um, if you want to have, like, a textbook definition of sort of queerness, it's like something that's weird, strange, non-normative. Um, and so why I wanted to come to queering black queerness is that like, you know, I had this perception of like, once I came to terms with my own queerness and myself mm -hmm. and the fact that like, I was attracted to a spectrum of, of, of genders and sexual orientations. Does it um, not matter for you? What'd you say? Does it not matter for you how the person, like the packaging of the human? Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, like I have trends in terms of like okay. people that I'm attracted to, but I think in general, I am pretty open in terms of like who I can be attracted to sexually. All right. you, you heard it here. Um, you heard it here. 
first on All Hallows Eve. Multifaceted. Thirst traps. You heard it here. It is now being lifted into the audiovisual 12, 12 channels. Heard what was it? Um, there will be hundreds uh, of people who fluid see- thought. Yes. <laughs> Bring that ass. <sighs> Truly. But you you should though. I'm no, I wasn't. I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> any, I that was a period for me. Like bring that ass. Period. Um, but yeah, though I, it's just like I feel like there's a discord between the things that I see and hear and read on Instagram and just like in popular culture. It seems like there is a portrayal of this very fluid kind of pansexual vibe. I got my life with sort of. Um, uh, why is her name escaping me right now? Um, Janelle Monet, oh. sort of expose about being pansexual, and mm-hmm. her last album was really on that vibe. And I was just like, yes, finally, there's somebody who sort of speaks to the fluidity that I feel myself. But, but again, going back to my lived experience and navigating queer spaces, I feel like there's a lot of categorizations of like, this is the dyke bar. This is the place that is for the trans people. This is the place, like, there's just like a lot of categorizations. And so if you're a person who's like, I mean, I could check these boxes, but it's like not all the time, like sometimes, you know, it feels weird for me personally because um, I don't, feel like I fit into a lot of the labels in a genuine way and that makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to be in a place where I'm self-conscious about the fact that I legitimately am like fluid not in a just like I don't like labels cliche like in a in a serious way (laughs) Mm -hmm. when did when did it become awkward for you I think it's it's really only awkward now that I'm a single thirsty person Mm. um because like when I I was just talking to my friend yesterday about it is just like on the dating apps for example the dating apps the kink apps the whatever it's very much so like this or that are you this or you that do you want this oh. or do you want that kind of menu the world you is and so I bi- have talked about it too even the world in the- is so binary people have no fucking clue how like you're constantly being asked to like jump into one camp or the other that's why we're in this fucking red versus blue bullshit currently is because everyone doesn't want to see the spectrum they just want to choose and then they're actually going to shoot each other over the the lack of of clarity around the choice itself it's it's very bad to be binary if you're out there right now listening um and you are or watching and you're still fucking with the binary like the binary meaning that you are in this either or way of being in life where it needs to either be clearly a man or clearly a woman or clearly democrat or clearly republican and all of these other things that y'all fucking do um if that's the way you're living i i want to invite you to get free I want to invite you to get free. It's it's very um, toxic and it can be very um, damning. That's the only word that's coming up for me right now. It's very damning kind of way to live where you can't see 
all of the colors in the cra in the crayon box. It's only black or white for you. And you've got like, you know, orange and purple and green and blue and all of these other things, but you only want to fuck with black and white. Um, you only want your life to be monochrome. And, you know, that's that's a goddamn shame. That is a goddamn shame. Um, and and I say that about you and I say that about myself. The 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 way the lid of my love has been so um like the way my love has been so capped, the way my, my vision has been so capped, the way that my like the fact that I never thought that I could have a guy over and just cuddle with him fully clothed. Your full ass lesbian experience. My I full love ass to hear it. It was yeah, so it beautiful. was a really good thing. I'll, I'll, I'll break them off a little piece of the Kit Kat bar in that um, there's a gentleman who I've not seen since. So if you've got recommendations, feel free to uh, send an email to hello at lovesthearts.org and let me know what you think about um, all, of, all of this nonsense. But um, he came over. We were building over many weeks a really, really strong queer friendly relationship nothing romantic at all anyway flash forward he and i ended up cuddling with clothes on it's what stacia is referring to as our full lesbian experience it was a wonderful thing um we very sensual very in a tactile way yeah very nice like like body to body but still clothed there was no completion um for those of you who know what i'm talking about and so it was just wonderful to just have said hard on and and then release him back into the wild I have not seen him since um won't even get into um the, the I don't really care about the reason why he hasn't been back um, beyond sharing that this opened up a different part of my actual queer identity and that it, there are people out here who want to come over and lots of things happened in that very juicy night. Um, he was going through something rough in his life. He said he just wanted to get away. He just needed to get away from town for a couple of days. I told him that my Apple card was juiced and ready to go. <laughs> All he needed to do was just like, like I needed to grab a quick shower because for those of you who have also been watching my content over the last few days, you'll know that like I've been singing a lot, but not showering a lot. So here we go with the red shirt again. And so I told him, I said, like not showered. Um, and you know, humans can do this. Just look it up. It's okay. Just breathe. It's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. Crazy. And some people even like Ode de Andre. <laughs> Certain people do. Certain people do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I, I was like, I had the a card gassed, and I'm like, we can, I, I need to shower. I can shower. We can go pick up the car. Um, that give me time to like sober up, and then we can be out of here. Like, you want to go to? We going? Are we driving like Maine, Vermont? Are we driving like D.C., Philly, like Baltimore? What are we doing? He choked. Didn't want to do that. Fine. I got hungry in the process of the whole like shenanigans. I go, we make a little Buddha bowl together. Buddha bowl was good. So shout out. If you a nigga who likes to eat Buddha bowls, I'm still available for today. I'm also, oh, that's another thing I was going to tell you about. We can talk about it later. I am making a website dedicated to the Andre manual of dating. 
and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I want to read it. <laughs> I'm you're gonna get proof. You're gonna I get proofing um capability. I'm gonna slide it across the desk to these dudes. This is a song that I think um shout out to Emily King for writing this amazing song called Teach You. Um, it, it, it's a very simple. Um, let me read the lyrics. I can't play it because her, pe- it. her people will um, teach you Emily King lyrics. Um, it's going to be on that page. It's a notion page, but it's going to have all of these things. And if you want to date me, these are some things you need to understand. Um, and if you are cool with these type of things, and I'll put on there like my quirks and my difficulties and how I don't like to be talked to as soon as I wake up. And we'll put out, I'm going to put it all out there, right? So, and part of it, on yeah. one, huh? And here you go. And on one of the pages is going to be this because I think we've talked about this on the on, on uh, Taking Up Space podcast. Um, for me, relationships are a business um and so there's two ceos working at the startup and how you contribute to the decisions of the business and the money making uh, facets of the business and the love making capacity of the business like how you how you actually contribute to the whole of a relationship which is a push and pull and tension points in mm-hmm. the board how you navigate it matters and if yeah it does and if, and if you're in the startup and i told this guy i was on a tinder date earlier in the week on camera let's be clear and um i told him i said my past startup where i worked as a ceo uh went really really well and there was a lot of love in it um but he it was not a sustainable business um and so it 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 had to, you know, I wouldn't say it failed, but it just had to disillusion or dissolve, dissolve. That's what you come to dissolve them. So it had to dissolve. And I hope that he's okay in the world right now, even as I speak. Mine failed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't think that I, I lessons. I, I I'm not afraid of failure. Did I anymore. fail? Did I fail? Maybe I failed to sustain a relationship. I failed to sustain fine. a relationship. That's healthy to say. I failed. I too, Stacia, in front of Father Pumpkin. I the too, Pumpkin King. I failed to sustain that relationship. It's fine. Bless and release it. Cause I was doing a little bit of like yoga, right? I was like trying to like put my like arm through my foot and be like, it's cool. It's cool. But no, it's okay. The operations of that or the learned experiences, like if we were to do a plus delta of that relationship, I would now tell men out the gate who the fuck I am. And what I'm about, I wouldn't pretend for that long to want the same four kid, four kids that he wanted. I wouldn't pretend to be on some domestic shit and stuck in the house all day, not working and being provided for in that way. Like it just was not going. It's not that was not sustainable, right? So, anyway, the lyrics of her song. um, And shout out to you, Emily King. Um, There's two different versions of this. There's the regular version that Emily King does alone, and then there's another version that she does with Sarah Bareilles that's equally as beautiful and um, acoustic. Shout out to Rosie, the dog. Yes, I love it. So the lyrics are like this. Do I have to explain how to care for somebody you love? Question mark. Call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue. Light up with the words they say to you. 
do I have to explain how to care for somebody you trust? Question mark. Make them feel like there's no one else around. Pick them up when you think that they're going down. Um, and then she goes, how to soothe me when times are bad? Question mark. How to ask about the day I had and make it all right? Question mark. How to listen when we're all alone? Question mark. How to put away a telephone and look into my eyes? And then she gives a word of hope. She says, it's never too late to learn the way. And then she goes back into the course. Do I have to explain how to care for somebody you love? Call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue. Light up with the words that they say to you. Do mm -hmm. I have to explain how to care for somebody you trust? Make them feel like there's no one else around. Pick them up when you think they're going down. Do I have to explain? And I just found, maybe it's like the woo-woo simplicity vibe that I'm on these days but I'm like that's basic that's all I need like I'm not asking for anything I don't need your bank account to be ridiculously I need to be sexually attracted to your ass so I can look at your fucking mug every day that's important there's a lot of lovely guys in my life who are shooting their shots and I'm kind of like eh, like you know, like, I don't know because like there's a, there's a, there's chemistry and stuff like that too guys but like at the end of the day, once we work through chemistry and then I could stand to look at your face over and over again, then do I have to explain how to care for somebody you love? Call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue. Light up with the words that they say to you. If you were to explicate this piece of prose, okay, do I have to explain how to care for somebody you love? I really shouldn't have to explain it because we all come with this basic foundation of knowing what feels good to us and what is pleasurable like if it feels good mm -hmm. to you and it's moving from a place of like um a lack of self-harm then someone else probably likes it as well and also kind of you know gets goosebumps when they feel it as well um unless it's like like terror movies or some some weird like quirky like niche thing that you love like being punched in the face while you're fucking like i ain't talking about sure. that i'm talking about standard you know elements of care we all know that so i shouldn't have to explain it call them up on the phone call them up call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue now the only way you would know that they were feeling blue and shout out to emily king for an amazing lyric you too can come on this bit on this on this podcast i would love <laughs> um I'd be tell her emily king if you come on here and whisper in my ear anything i will melt on camera um she said, call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue. The only way that you would know if your friend, the only way that I know that Stacia is feeling blue um, is because we have a buoyancy to our relationship where there's enough check-in and stuff as you would with a beloved. I'm not talking about everybody because some of y'all tight because sure. I, I don't text you first and you can stay tight because I don't even know who you are right now and you're mad. <laughs> um, and these are people who are close to me, you know, like, um, but call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue light up with the words they say to you so here's the deal for every person that texts me a hello i'm making it my business to do as emily king is trying to teach me and and light up when they when they talk to me so when stacia yeah, comes in here with gratitude a, with for the whole, energy they're giving so when stacia comes on here with a whole face of a monster face i'm like oh my god look at your nose that's where that's like look, looks like it's rubbing off um, yeah, probably is. And, and like, look, like, but so excited about even a rubbed off nose. Light up with the words they say to you. And then she goes on. Do you have to explain how to care for somebody you trust? How to ask about? Uh, no, no, no. Do I have to explain how to care for somebody you trust? 
Make them feel like there's no one else around. Pick them up when you think they're going down. Um, I just, oh, there's another verse of this. Um, how to trust me when I'm on my own. How to treat me when I get back home. Mm. And make up when we fight. How to take me out and have some fun. Hold my hand in front of everyone and love me through the night. Mm, mm -hmm. It's never too late to learn the way guys and gals and whoever uh, people love and they thems and they these. Do I have to explain how to care for somebody you love? Call them up on the phone when they're feeling blue. Light up with the words they say to you. Do I have to uh, do I have to explain how to care for somebody you trust? Make them feel like there's no one else around. Pick them up when you think they're going down. Do I have to teach you? I feel like we do these days, unfortunately. Maybe we don't. I don't know, but... I just need one dude, wherever you are. If, if the chemistry's right, if I like the way your armpits smell and you can understand the basic reading comprehension at a, at a, at a you know, at a literary level of what this bitch is saying in the song like if you if you get what she's saying in the song and our body chemistries are, oh they even allow us on on, on genius.com to have an embed like i'll embed the link to the lyrics of the song along with a little uh clip of it so that in my andre to date me uh, manual i just hand it to them it's that simple for me either you can do these things or you can't here's the thing for me that i another reason why just like this topic the topic of our episode came up to me is I feel like maybe this is just a justification I say to myself to make myself feel better but um I feel like sometimes there is a mutualism in the chemistry of a dynamic but people feel insecure mutual wait 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 I'm sorry okay. I gotta do this to you because that's why we're here mutualism what'd you say sometimes i feel like there's a shared mutual energy right yes. like both people we're two people we have a chemistry we like Thank each you. other right okay. okay okay we're feeling a vibe we're yes. in a thing sorry I a just... love bubble mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but then i think that if when a relationship doesn't fit a template either how we've the template that we had for ourselves or a template that we feel like is digestible to the communities that surround us. Jesus. That's when things start to sort of pick at the, um, I don't know, the presence that you feel with that person, the truth, the honesty of like what is happening. Too many, motherf be too many motherfuckers in the room. And so that's sort of another reason why, and maybe just selfishly, I just feel that feeling, but um, I don't know. Like I have gotten the sense that sometimes, or, or maybe it's just an insecurity that I have, that it's like, I'm not worried that I don't have enough personality to attract someone that's like interested in me romantically or whatever, or that I don't have things to bring. I worry about the fact that like, because I am, a very queered person in my gender presentation. Um, you know, I'm not like a Stepford wife, right? And I have a very weird masculine firmness. Um, 
but also not like, you know, like when I'm in relationship with people, my, my general exterior is a little bit different than how I am in a like romantic relationship. There's all these sort of different textures to who I am. Cause I'm a fucking multifaceted creature. Catch yeah. up. Um, so, I mean, but why, why are we, why are we, why do I hear in you a sense of apology about that? That's what I'm trying to like set myself free from while maintaining my own lane, like staying in my own business. I, I, I can only mind the business that pays me, right? I'm trying to figure out why anything that you said has an undercurrent of apology. What I feel that the antidote is that like, I've not showered for three days and someone is going to be able to sit by me on the sofa in my studio and just, just... Be and just love it. And just fucking love it. Like drink my bath water, love it. And I, I think that that is a more lifted feeling than, well, with all of my insecurity and all with all of my stuff, you know, with all of what I bring, you know, my face and my hair. And have you seen my ears? And so you know that I'm a that I'm a bull dyke sometimes, and then pr and you're prim and proper at other times. You know that I'm a a geek but also like really into my hood shit do you know where i live do you know what my parents are like do you know what my friends are like do you like we do this all the time and then it, it reduces us down to like people that are like oh, oh i hope someone can take these poor scraps of a me when we when all yeah, of the right when all the relationships that i aspire to are ones where you know that's my bobby I know he's overwhelming for everyone else, but that's my Bobby, you know? And like, someone will say, that's my Andre. And that's my- I do. You do, but you're not fucking me. Um, I know. I'm, I'm talking about Sorry, bro. my entire vision, not, you know, yeah. yes. And I you feel do. you, I feel you. And, I feel and, you. Oh, and let me not throw throw your your pearls away because thank <laughs> you, Stacia. Um, it matters that someone in he your said life- you're not me. All right, bruh. The no. feeling is mutual. No. We're both thirsty. <laughs> you love me. I get it. Your I, dick's I, I, not in me. <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Your dick's not in me, brah! <laughs> yes, in fact, my dick is not in Stacia J. Turner. Um, and I just have to really anchor the fact that it is important that we recognize that to have a friend boldly proclaim in any space, you are my Andre and that is my Stacia. Um, it matters in, in the social currency of queerness and just niggadom and humankind, wherever you fit, whether you're in queerness, niggadom, or just a breathing human, that includes the people of Pollar, um, no matter where you sit, if you have someone in your life and you only need one, and that's why I'm gonna be a, a bad bitch getting badder too, this year Tell all you need is one person in your corner saying 
I see you and the vision of you. I see who you were when we met. I see who you <laughs> are now. And I see who you might become if we keep tendering the fires of each other's lives. You see how quickly on, on camera station was like, you're my Andre. Like she claimed me. Find you one station in your life and, and all things will be possible. You'll be sitting up in here. Hey, 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 what you say now? What you say now? What you, hey, hey. So yeah, shout out, um, uh, we're gonna work on um, that dating website of mine. It's gonna be a Notion page. I'm gonna put that song on it, both versions, along with the lyrics. I'm also gonna put on there um, my favorite foods and like what kind of restaurants I go to. The fact that I don't like to go to a lot of restaurants because I can cook anything in most restaurants at the house myself as a point of experimentation and chemistry. Um, they're not doing anything in these high pri priced restaurants that you can't do in the kitchen if you just pay attention. Or at least that's, it. that's a elitist thing to say. I can do it. Tr um, like uh, <laughs> shrimp, shrimp fried rice, lasagna, steak um, and potatoes, um, anything on the Cracker Barrel menu I can do in here for damn sure. I, I serve my penance there um, in, in knee deep in chicken grease. Um, there's receipts and pictures on the internet of this shit. Um, so I, yeah, I could do all that shit. So I'm not going to go out there, get breathed on, especially in time of COVID when I can make shrimp fried rice just like right I, here I, in the kitchen. I, I could do that in like in 25 minutes. Um, and yet I'm still single for some reason, but we're fixing that right now because on that website, I'm also going to put pictures of my plated food. I'm also going to put like my favorite, like things to read. I'm basically going to build like an, uh, an independent, dating manual for andre like if this is what you're into i'll even put like a little side shot of my ass you know full, full yeah like full on like this is the cushion you could be pushing um sometimes like, you ain't pushing all the times so and for you well endowed motherfuckers stay the fuck away from me if your dick okay. is like I mean, well let me not let me not take myself out of the runnings but there's a limit to your madness sirs could some of y'all look like you should be up in How would you know that Santa Claus was even black if he was wearing pants? How would you know? <laughs> that ain't even a joke for y'all to even know about, but you could DM me and I'll tell you about it. Um, we'll tell you about it. So I'm gonna build this dating website and I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna push it across the table. Just let you know, nice to meet you on Tinder. Um, Can I ask you a question about this? Okay, yeah. So is there something that you feel like is not being fulfilled in terms of the exchanges you're getting from the apps? That already exists. Ask that question one more time. Cause I think I, 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 I want to answer your question and not the one that I want to answer. So ask okay. it one more time. Would you like to build, is there a reason why you're building this sort of entree de Andre? Uh, in terms of the apps not serving specific things <laughs> in regards to the kinds of engagements you're getting off them. 
Why build this instead of it? Use the apps. Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the perfect backdrop, honestly. It's... <laughs> Let me not pee on myself. Let me you have to go pee? Go pee. I'll hold it down while you go pee. You go pee, and then you can hold it down while I go pee. Okay, okay. You go pee. I'll hold okay. it down while you go pee. We should. We should. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching over on YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter, and <laughs> Twitch. Uh, lovecityarts.org slash live. Um, this is the Taking Up Space podcast with Stacia and Dre. Dre is, uh, Stacia is currently going to the restroom, as humans do. I'm trying to build um, in my community and in my friend group something that is more real than anything we've ever imagined. No ducking and weaving and bobbing and weaving in corners and um, trying to, like, esteem each other somebodyness. You know, one of my gurus, I'm not saying this, one of my teachers says that at some point we decide um, that we want to be somebody. We puff up our chest and we want to be like, I'm Andre and I do these things. I sing this way and I behave this way and I get on these things and blah, 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 blah. And it can get so serious as an adult. You don't see people over 30 smiling a lot. They look really haggard and fucking beat down. And I don't want to be haggard and beat down for the rest of my life. So I get on with cool kid friends like Stacia J. Turner, a member of my um, company's board. Um, but we get on here so that she can put up the backdrop, as you can see, of the forest um, that she travels to frequently. And I can put up a jack-o'-lantern. We record the live taping and we put it into a podcast. And maybe generations beyond ourselves will kick it with their ancestors. We don't get to hear what our ancestors sound like. And we're back. Yeah, I'm just telling them that we don't get to hear what our ancestors sound like. There are tapes that I've heard were burned um, in a house fire, intentionally set house fire by my Yikes. We can get on that some other time. My family intentionally burned our legacy down, and there were tapes of my 102, 103-year-old great-great-grandfather that went up in smoke. Um, and I just... I don't get to hear Papa John. I, I sat on his lap and I can tell you what he looks like and what he smells like. And I can tell you about the porch on those summer days when he held me and told stories. My great, great grandfather, whose mother was a slave um, in Virginia. I can tell you all about that, but I can't hear it. We get on here to cut up and act all a mess um, because our legacy and the generations of queer kids and the generations of nieces and nephews, blood and unblood, born and unborn that come behind us will know exactly where we stood and what their ancestors were about on Halloween. Um, I want to do something like this, and this may be me um, putting you on the spot, station and overextending you, but you let me know how you feel about it. For at least 45 minutes, I want to do something like this on Election Day. Um, I want to actually let's 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 roll it around because I I just like the idea of concretizing what the day is like for me this isn't yeah feel, it's this a weird strange time it's a queer yeah. time one might say it is a queer time like it like and th that's why it's like let's let's 
you know, I don't know though. Like, like, what kind of music do you play on? You play like "Fuck the Police" on Election Day. <laughs> I'm certainly not playing anything fucking patriotic. So absolutely not. Yeah, but I mean, you did hear about uh, fucking Ice Cube's, and well, I don't know if you have. And uh, who? Right, Ice Cube, one of the founding members of NWA which as we might say also was suburban niggas with attitude let's just have that caveat uh, <laughs> um he wow. i don't know ice cube was i just heard from listening to the read and some uh, like reading the shade room or some shout other out to the read shout out to the read um they were talking about how ice cube is in conversations with Trump about some kind of platform where he's making some statements about doing something for the black community. I don't know. I, it's just, it seems like that moment where the generation that's aging forgets when they were hooligans and they're like, now I'm sensible and all that fuck the police shit, you know? Um, so that was then. And now I have, a tax bracket that I'm trying to protect. And so it's you're a talking, new you're talking, you're talking about you, you? Not me. I'm talking about Ice Cube. Oh, I see. So, I don't know. So, do you think that's what motivates his tomfoolery? Yeah, I just think, like, niggas get real funny when things change and they come up and they have more opportunities. I think... With power comes the challenge of ego for anybody. It's for not anybody special. Regardless of whether you've got millions of dollars in the bank or you're a broke millionaire like me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, um, regardless of what your, your status is, there's something the guru always talks about. There's something about, not the guru, but another guru, Seth Godin, talks about this this need for, shout out to you, Seth Godin, too. Like, I love you so much. I'm, I'm going put you in the show notes. I would love to talk to you, too. Like, are you talking to brown people? I've never seen you, Seth Godin. Oh, my God. Let's drag him so that we can get him on oh, no, no, here. No, 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 no. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. Like, I, I really actually like him. You don't no, I really like him, too. But you're he, right. No. I haven't seen him talk to any brown people. I've never seen him talk to anybody black. And I've watched and listened to hundreds, not hundreds, but a shit ton in COVID of your speeches, Seth Godin. Is there any way that we can, like, have audience even for, I think you give that same white guy, um, the guy that does. Um, oh, the white guy? Not the wine guy. No, you're talking about um, fucking Gary Vaynerchuk, who also sassed me online because I called him. You know what? Actually, can we actually remember all of the people that we, because I'm going to tag them into this episode and see if they, actually, if they say they are or not. They don't have to come through, but like, tell me Gary Vaynerchuk, who um, one of his previous investors, and Gary, if you sue me, then they'll show me, they'll show me either you're really about love and kindness or you're a bitch ass, but it was like really too close that one of his Vayner Media like investors was a Trump supporter, and it started to drop. He went radio silent for like a, and you could come on my show and roast the fuck out of me if you want to, um, but he like went radio silent for like empirically with receipts. You cannot change the receipts. He went radio silent for like twelve to eighteen hours while it was going down, and he came down. And then he came back to retweet me and be like. I have never been associated with Trump a day in my life. That's the reason why you don't know this. I came into the tweets. I was like, I'm surprised Gary V 
that you would um that you would you know that you would be associated with the likes of these yeah. people and he like clap back so maybe maybe it, maybe he's cool maybe we're cool um i would love to hear from you gary about what's going on in your world um he does amazing like anyway he's amazing too i just don't fuck with him as much since i found seth seth who does not do interviews with black people that's all i meant it's just like i mean yeah. it would be nice to maybe see diversity i haven't seen it and i also have been watching lots of videos he has nothing saying, to prove and i'm a, and i'm a none rep- of us do and i'm gonna reparate all of his shit anyway and interpret it into my black ass business so it's cool you're doing what you're supposed to do Steph. you're teaching us and we are grateful um now to answer your question stacia like the dating website thing i think that when you ask that question you tapped into the this this is why you get to stay on the island you tapped into the fundamental the why the why around why i'm trying because i think i know why from knowing you but i wanted to hear it from your own words well it may not be as healthy as maybe what you're thinking or maybe it's i am trying to force the stroke i'm trying to serve up my life well not that stroke this time but that's gonna happen too in my future because pleasure and great sex is in is my birthright um and you, you heard me say it on tape um i'm trying to say learn this about me and get this in you quick like efficiently so we can move on and just live our lives but i don't think what does efficiently you know, mean though what does i don't think it's mean that i've been talking to you about it i don't think that it's a healthy idea because why can't i think you- it's your like project manager like if I'm into you, I want you, I want us, us to start. Like we should have started yesterday on our journey together. So like, like catch up, it's but impatience. like, it's a beautiful it's thing impatience. to learn somebody. Like well, when somebody you. wants to know to you too, because I know you. I and think there's, like, there's ain't, well, when it's going well, there's a beauty in the discovery. When it's not going well, you're on, you're sitting on top of like what I'm doing right now. Shout out to, you know, who, who is like just giving me like these like but this is the this is the anxiety i hear in that and this is not even where i was going with that question at all but now that we're fluid we're fluid and he'll know who i'm talking about because he told me to call him old guy number 89 uh, old sexy dude 89 because he's like i was like oh i should pro if, okay so this is how it ended let me actually what no no i'm not like from here I start talking about my day because he asked me about my day, and uh, he says that sounds busy. Actually, he, this is one, one second. All right, so this is from a current tender dude. He asked me about my day. I told him about it. I said I got to do today, not in any order. I got to do scratch vocals for my musical director. I've got to do get invites out for a global event I'm chairing. I've got online afternoon meetings and also a racial reconciliation workshop that I lead on Thursday nights. That's just my day. Ain't no thing. That's just my day. I'm a busy bitch, duh. He says, that sounds so busy. I said, yeah. And then also emails. I have stuff waiting on my go. Like there are people waiting on me. So he like, he blushes about it. Said I'm slammed, but we all get it done. It's just Thursday. I think it's Thursday. It better be. He goes, ha 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 ha. It is. Um, I said, FYI, fun Andre hack. If you ever want to have a five minute call instead of a five hour text conversation, that's (laughs) available to you. 
I don't think there's anything wrong in being an adult and saying that. Like, like, because people sometimes try to pretend on the opposite end, like, oh, this needy guy in Queens wants to text me for five hours a day and I just don't have the time. Like, you no, all. I hear what you're saying, but I also hear, and I hear it because I have this in myself too. I will just say in full disclosure, is that like, I think we have this idea in our head about how things should go that is pro us projecting our own insecurities about like, I'm presenting to you that I'm about something. I'm interesting, I'm curious. So like, I'm trying to give you the all the things so that you can see that I'm worthwhile for you to sort of do the things communication No, I mean, I mean, I, I understand what that energy looks like and I have been in that energy too. In this instance, it's like, I, maybe, okay, can you help me construct a more like clear and, and less na um, messy energy way of saying like, I, I'm happy to text you further if you'd like to. I'm also well, wait, available wait, wait. for a five minute phone call. Like, it's I not don't think there was anything wrong with what you said. I don't think there was anything wrong with what you said. I think that you're neither, being Neither does the orchestra. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said. I'm getting to a deeper thing, which is me talking to you and like sort of reverse psychology, like just me knowing you and okay. feeling like, okay, if you were really, <laughs> I love the music, how it comes in at different moments. It's, it's, an, it's like the third character, like the third host. It really is, it truly is. But the vibes fit with the conversation. It's so appropriate, I love it. Um, I just feel like if you were really in the vibe that I feel like you're projecting, you wouldn't even have to say like, hey, we could get on a five minute thing or whatever, because you'd just be like, if, if it happens, person, it happens. Yeah, like if it happens, it happens. And like, I'm super valuable. And the fact that like, I'm in this whimsical moment where I'm giving this rando a time of day on Tinder is like lucky for them. And if they get in where they fit in, like cool for them. If they don't, then like, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's it. I'm saying that so like flippantly. I wish I was in that vibe. <laughs> like I wish I had that vibe about me. I wanna be in that vibe. I want you to be in that vibe because you deserve to be in that vibe. And I think for you and I, project manager types, we're like, how do I make it as simply as possible for you to see, how do I make this easy for you to like fit in, to get in where you fit in? And I, I think that like organically, when the timing is right, when it's really the divine timing, it will, the person will show up in that way. Do you know what I mean? In the time and space that is just like, wow, this is a gym. This is a diamond who I've encountered a non normie. Like I have found the wizard among muggles and like, let me sort of pursue getting to know this person. You don't have to sort of like leave the breadcrumbs of like, look how capable and busy and whatever you know i don't know but it's easier said than done well i think I, th I think that what i really feel is a mixture of the two of our ideas in that like i don't i like you know me for a very very long time so you know the arc of how my self-esteem can be low and then i need to like outline how busy i am um, in order to kind of puff up and 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 be seen as worthy and available and all those type of things that's not what was happening here this time this is me you are busy also <laughs> it's like, very, how very. do you get in 
How do you get in? But what I hear, what I'm, the, the takeaway for me as I eat your chicken leg and like choose to not like eat the bone, but just like the meat of what you said and how it resonates off of my heart um, is that I need not, I need not do, I have a propensity towards extra shit and being extra. Same. And you just saved me two hours of labor. I don't have to make a website now. And I came in here guns ablaze it. I I'm still it down. kind of here for the website though. That, I just <laughs> want to say that. Okay. We didn't even get to what I was trying to why ask would you, you about Why would that. you even like fucking Yanla <laughs> fix my life and then send me back into the fucking bullshit? Because I'm trying to get to what your intention behind it is. My intention was to say like this is what I'm about. If like if you if I find a guy that's not into sitting front row in my shows and beaming as he does it it's a waste of my time to even spend five months even if the dick is good my guy maybe not every night of every show but as i start to put my art out in the world i expect my beloved to be like stedman as was not all the time but enough front and center on the right hand side taking in the magic that is my black ass life and so I think those things are important to know because if you're with someone like I've dated in the past where they have an issue with being second fiddle or they have an issue. Yeah, they have or, insecurities about your I sort need of grind to, and hustle and spotlight. I need to know that there's mostly whole foods being prepared by me at the dinner table. And if you're at dinner with me and I'm cooking, that's what you're going to have, nigga. And like 100%, like that's not something in my self-esteem. That's what I'm eating. Like pickled onions is what we're eating because that's what I'm eating. I asked one of my mar my newly married friends, queer married friends, of a couple of years, like he kept saying our diet, our diet. Like, no, oh, I hate when people say our. Can I just say that? Well, I, I know it's your friend. I know. It's Jordy, like, actually. You'll know. Jordy. Oh, ah, I'm going to roast it myself <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, we've talked about it. And so I asked him in front of a room full of people. I said, Jordy, what's up with this our diet business? It's weirding me out a little bit. Like, are you feeding him like like a baby bird or some shit? Like it's like, what the fuck? And he was like, No, but when we met, he was on this strict diet, and because I loved him, I just started eating as he ate and I just adopted it. So now it's ours. Which is actually cute if you like what your partner's eating. Like, like there's leave space for it to not be your story, Stacia, and be <laughs> someone else's fucking story. Can you find that in your bag of tricks? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like a recovering codependent. So like when I hear the hour of anything, just you're right. People can have their own bag. They can have their own life, their own experience. It doesn't have to be codependence. That's just my story. But my truth is that it feels cringy. Right. I think it's how you relate to it. I got off of Jordy this idea. That, Jordy got this idea from Jordy that the reason why they were eating together the same things was because it was just efficient and an easier like like look at all of our garbanzo no 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 like, here's the thing garbanzo though beans together there's so many things the though garbanzo bean is coming to eat you there's so many things though about the way we choose to use language right like i don't think on the surface there's anything wrong about that explanation that jordy said 
But the idea is that when you start saying like, we do this, we do that, right? It like, just to me, it is a representation. And this is not even on Jordy. It's just, it's a part of the culture of how we define what being in a couple is, what it means, what it should mean, that I think is very problematic, right? Like, I- Do, am, do, you, do you think that, that he, he say, well, we eat this is different than him just saying like, we eat this. First of all, if I'm talking to you as an individual person, Don't and we're, that. I'm just no, let's get into it. And this is not even about Jordy. I think it's like a larger queering of how we talk about relationships coming full circle, right? If I don't know your fucking partner and I don't know whether you do or don't know Jordy's partner, this is just an example. I, I but like when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody about them as an individual and they start saying, well, we do this, we do that. And they start implicating their partner into a A and B conversation about me and them. I'm just like, first of all, either you're insecure about your relationship and you're trying to flex that you're like in a couple, which is just like, what do you have to prove? Or your identity is so intermingled with your partner that you think in terms of we instead of in terms of me. And there's a time and a place to think in terms of we versus me and if we're having an a and b conversation unless like we are like a threesome friendship where it's like this person would be in this conversation and they're just not or whatever you know there's different contexts but like it just feels i get, i feel nervous because i've been that right. person i've been that person <laughs> right and, I and so so then we have to anchor it in that we have to anchor it in the fact that all of this is made up in the lens through which Stacia views my own relationships. personal perspective yeah, about yeah, relationships yeah. and codependence and, and how it shows up for people. Whereas, uh, you know, how it feel, how it shows up for Jordy and Retta and and Schmetta and Betta, um, it's all very specific on like kind of what, um, what you kind of bring to the table, which is what I was trying to kind of put out loud, like. I've had guys show up and sit in the back of the room in my performances unseen, where I didn't even know they were there. Um, I don't like that. I kind of prefer to know. Like you that, want that sense of belonging. Like my boo in is the in the front. Yeah, I, I, like I know that, like, and not for the purpose of like everyone look at my band. No, for you to know. For like we're in know. this, you're here showing up for I've, me. I've been in a lot of relationships that lacked support of my creativity and my creative element. Mm -hmm. And I've thrived mm -hmm. in the face of it, hoes. <laughs> Ask me where my ex-husband is. Flex on the ex. Just Ask me it. where my ex-husband is. But I'm just saying it would feel good to be I see him. In, I don't see him anywhere. Um, he's not there yet. But he almost went. <laughs> anyway, um, I just want someone who's able to be in, um, you know, in love with me and the things I'm in love with. Maybe not for himself, but occasionally. You could, you could tell that, and these are rich-ass people, but I believe it's for me as well. You could tell that when Stedman, he wasn't in the audience every day. It's Boy. funny that you keep bringing up Stedman to me because in my mind, Stedman and Oprah are not a real relationship. Maybe I'm off. I just don't feel like it's real. 
as a romantic relationship. I wanted to step away and go and like smoke a little herb and come back downstairs. But now I got to finish out this conversation and then go. What? What? You have so many strong opinions and I love it. I love it because they're yours and they're in the moment and there's all things valid. I love you. Why do you feel that Oprah and Stedman don't have a, that, that is the iconic relationship for you. That's the relationship I aspire to actually. I think they have a real relationship that's a friendship. I don't know that it's romantic. I don't get romantic. Why is it any of your business though? Why would that be any of your business? It's not my business, but if we're talking about an example of what a romantic, an organic, romantic, authentic, romantic, popular culture, iconic relationship is, I think it's relevant for me to say, this doesn't, I'm not saying the, the relationship isn't real, I think that their relationship is as probably as romantic as ours is. Like, I think they're friends. Do I think it's romantic? I think maybe Gail and Oprah's relationship. You're rude. You're very, very rude. You're so fucking rude right now. It's amazing how rude you are. And I love you for being you. But you are so fucking rude. I'm not even trying to be rude. I love Oprah and Stedman. I just don't think that they beat. I just don't. I don't feel that in my spirit. <laughs> I need you to repeat just just the last sentence. If you'll just repeat the last <laughs> Yeah, perfect. If you will repeat If you'll repeat the last <laughs> I don't think that Oprah and Stedman be have sex, sexual intercourse. Are we, is that defined enough for me? And why don't you think that is the case? It's an intuitive feeling. That's an intuitive feeling. You heard it first, everybody. Just like Jesus. It's just like Jesus is an intuitive feeling. Fairly, really, I say unto thee. I was moving under the impression that they were in a successful and distant. Um, <laughs> you even called your own self. <laughs> successful and distant. No, because there's actually a relationship. <laughs> there's actually a video where she talks about putting him out behind the house, and I love it. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find this video of Oprah saying that Oprah Stedman outside. <laughs> it is the ideal. Um, you you think that it's that it's strictly business? I think they have a genuine friendship. I I think that they do get it in once in a while. Maybe not all the time. I mean, if I were Oprah, like you have that Wait, level of Okay, life. here's a question. Do you feel like Oprah talks as passionately about her relationship with Sedman <laughs> as she does about her relationship with Gail? I I'm just I just wanted that I just want you to answer that question to me. <laughs>
Stacia, circus. I love playing with you on the internet. We don't. We act up on the internet. We don't even we really live do. in the same state. Okay, so this is the magic of black people. Um, okay, no. The answer to your question is, you know, there are. Okay, I can actually answer this with actual receipts. Okay, so. This is, I'm going to now share my screen for the purpose of our episode. Um, and I'm going to queue it up for people who are, and I'm going to make sure, uh, no, 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 not that screen, this screen. Um, this is video um, about Oprah keeping Stedman Graham quarantined behind the house. I feel like this further elaborates my point. Stedman is uh, at the guest house. Oprah Winfrey is getting candid about quarantine life. The 66-year-old... She said, Gail right here in my bed. Revealing that her Stedman's in the background. ...is currently quarantined in the guest house amid the ah. coronavirus pandemic. Oprah explained why it is so important for Stedman Ooh. to keep a safe social distance, revealing she has a pre-existing medical condition. Where is Stedman? Stedman is um, at the guest house. Not here. Um... <laughs> You all know I had pneumonia earlier, late last year. Yes, Oprah, and pneumonia. You can still hear the raspiness in my throat you can sometimes hear the when I talk. You can. And um, I had just gotten off of antibiotics last week because I had like a, an, a bronchial infection. And so Stedman was late to the party, understanding. Uh, he's one of those. One of those. Yeah. She put his ass on the outside. Oprah magazine Instagram. She, did. she also gave an update on how he's doing, filming a video of him from outside the house. <laughs> how you doing? I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped off. And it's not bad. We put the we put the meals at the door right there <laughs> early in the morning. She said, "Me and Gil, we walked right on over." Yeah, we're locked down here too. The caption reads in part, "Quote: Although he does not have the virus, the couple decided <gasps> that Stephen should quarantine separately in the guest house after several weeks." This could be a business, business relationship travel. now that I look at it. Okay, so okay. now to. No, to your point, to your point, I'm going to put on the, I'm going to try to find. Where's Gail? She's I'm... right behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> what if this was the relationship that Nippy wanted with her beloved, but could not have, you know, like, a, like a healthy farce. Okay. So when, let me see if I can find that video. There's, there's a specific iconic video. There's a video I'm looking about, um. There's a video I'm looking at. Because to your point, I'm only proving your point further. I know. Because the question you asked was, <gasps> does she talk in the same way? And this is how she feels about Gail. From the very first time. No, Stedman put, Stedman was outside getting his <laughs> in meals. In the guest house. His meals on wheels. And, and then this is what, this is what is, uh, Oprah feels about Gail. And has always felt about Gail as long as we've known it, right? Mm-hmm. Let me crank it up a little bit so we can get a little bit, a little bit more here from the very first time we started our friendship stayed up that first night and talked all night long mm -hmm. she's always Talk. been happier for me and everything that's ever happened to me than even i was and i remember for my 42nd birthday we were on our way to the mall and i saw a bentley parked in a 
car dealership, and I stopped and bought a Bentley. Hello. Because it was my 42nd birthday, and I could do it. And Gail is in the car dealership trying to negotiate down the price of the Bentley, which... <laughs> that would be your you ass. Know. And mm -hmm. when we left... I said, nigga, you know these car sales. A lot of women have close friends. Very few have friends as close as yours. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just kind mm -hmm. of friendship to me. <laughs> okay. Uh... Look at that face. She is the mother I never had. See, that's why. She is the sister everybody would want. She is the friend that everybody deserves. I don't know a better person. I don't know a better person. Why is it making you cry? <sighs> Shoot, I'm gonna cry here. Um, it's making me cry because I'm thinking about how much I love her. Uh, I probably have never told her that. Tissue, please. I now need tissue. I've never told her that because you know we're chop, not. Chop chop. Like, oh, you're, you know, you're the dearest friend. Thanks. The therapy that I didn't have yeah. and the therapy that I don't need is because of my... I found it in Gail's vagina. Thousands and thousands of hours on the phone with Gail. I get to release the day. And I just realized that she is the friend that everybody should have. I feel this way about you, and I'm not in your vagina. I feel that way about you also, but also I'm just saying in relationship to the way she talks about Stedman. I, you, I just proved your point. And the way she talks about Gail. Like, I just, they're not comparable. They're not, they're not comparable. They're not comparable at all. With receipts, they're not comparable. All right, I'm going to leave everybody with Stacia while I go and uh, smoke a tree. Um, I love our, like, CNN-style long-ass podcast episode. For those who, who like it, you'll love it. And for those of you who don't, we don't care. Because um, I've got more things on, a few more things on this, on these note cards. I have a couple things, and then we should... Mosey on, I know. Probably I know. not take up everybody's time on Halloween. No, I don't, I don't think anybody is even like here, which is even more fun. Maybe there's one viewer. If there's just one viewer, we're good. We're not taking anybody's time. We're taking up space. Oh, right. Thanks for reminding me, getting this, me together. This is our shit. Um, okay. are, yeah. Is, is, are the music levels good enough for you to share your... Can you take it down one notch? Yeah. <laughs> burp, 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 burp. The villagers are coming for you. <laughs> I know. I feel that way, honestly. About the tar and feather my go. ass. That's perfect. The stage is your is, is yours, my dear. Okay, thank you. Um yeah, so 
One thing that I wanted to talk about while uh, Andre is away is um, the difference between sort of the academic <clears throat> concept of queerness versus the colloquial one or like just the cultural one, right? Like how queer people show up uh, people who aren't heteronormative show up versus the way that queer theory is talk, talked about. Um, I think that like, you know, there's a time and a space and a place for both the academic exploration of how we think about queerness philosophically. Um, but a thing that I've, I've observed, um, and I can't say that I've gone like far down the academic trajectory of like queer theory, but I think that there's a classist way in which queer theory has almost permeated popular ideas about queerness um, in terms of how queerness is labeled, right? Like I've just seen a lot of language that's picked up from queer theory, but not maybe necessarily actually intellectually explored by people. And I'm not saying that from an elitist place, but I'm just saying it from my own experience of feeling like, for example, when I started to, <clears throat> I feel like I've always had a gender queer identity. Uh, but when I started to be more comfortable and open about that as an adult, um, I felt some shackles or constraints of like, okay, well, if I'm going to be genderqueer, if I'm going to sort of say that I'm non-binary, um, I almost felt like what I was seeing projected in popular culture or in the queer normative uh, was a lot of just like androgynous, like very hard androgynous um, aesthetic. And it almost to a certain extent felt like another template another label for even what queerness means, right? You're queer if you're in the middle enough gender-wise. And I'm like, it made me feel like, okay, well, am I an imposter if I go too far on one side of the gender binary or the other? And like, you know, admittedly, some of that grappling with some of that is around my own personal uh, coming to, my own coming to terms with my like sex sexual and gender identities but another part of it I think is um not seeing there be an openness about like people talking about the ways in which they queer their own identities right and and talking about the slipperiness of like sexuality and gender and like maybe some days like in general I dress in a like a soft queer boy way you know I have like a teenage boy aesthetic uh but then other times I like decide that I want to you know fem it up and all of that's fine um but me feeling like that was fine is something that took a long time to come to and I think because there's so many ways that we slice and dice in terms of the apps, in terms of what kind of bar or club you go to, or what kind of normative culture is in a queer space, right? This is for the dykes and, you know, this is for the T for T's and this is for femmes for femmes or, um, you know, there's just all these labels <clears throat> that I feel like actually 
create a meta narrative that is counterintuitive to the whole concept of queerness, which is that like, we should be able to, whatever the last instance of self-determination is, to get into some L'Oreal philosophy, uh, you know, I think whatever <clears throat> our most recent instance of what our, our, our self-determination is about our sexual orientation, as well as our gender identity are what they should be. And creating a language and a culture that accommodates that fluidity is not something that I've actually experienced personally. Um, I feel like even um, the non-binary aesthetic to me is it, it there's particular markers of what that aesthetic means um and so the motivation and locus behind me wanting to have this this conversation about queering black clearness is to just explore through two people who identify as both gender queer and queer in our sexual orientation and um are from the african diaspora like what that looks like and feels like for us. And for me, it looks like um, being very open to playing with gender as a performance um, and also being open to talking about the different, uh, the different characters that I show up in, I feel like in terms of my gender expression, um, as well as the kind of energies that I show up in terms of my sexuality, because I think that um, the way I present in terms of what I'm interested in uh, sexually, romantically is very dependent upon the chemistry and energy that I have with a particular person. There are trends that I have in terms of the way that I present, but I don't think it's necessarily easy to pin down. And I actually think that that is how most people are in general. Um, I think that the normative culture has made most people unaware or insecure about being able to play in the margins of what they could be interested in uh, or into or the ways that they can present um, and I'm very fascinated to, um, to sort of shake up the normative in terms of my own expression and the way that I navigate the world. And it will be interesting to see how I am met by the world as I move through my life and time and space, um, playing with these different things about my identities and expression. Uh, I think a thing that I often feel, and I, it's hard for me to parse whether it's just like my own insecurities of being like queer gender wise and, sec and in my sexuality. Um, I often feel like people are not, are disinterested in getting to know me or being attracted to me um, in a romantic sense and in a sexual sense because I don't fit into a template or like they're confused about trying to place me into a box and because I can't necessarily easily identify those things for myself. Um, I think that people are just like this, I don't have a script for this. So I'm just gonna kind of not deal with it. Uh, I'm not gonna deal with this person in like 
uh, in a romantic sense, in a dating sense, in a sexual sense, because I can't get a read for like whether they fit into the menu of the things that I'm into. And that, you know, like that's just the sense that I get. I don't know how much of that is true or how much of it isn't. But I wish that culturally we were able to have a larger vocabulary and canon for more fluid dialogue about like what we're interested in, who we can be, um, what we're attracted to, et cetera, et cetera. Hi, friend. Hi. What were you riffing about? Um, I was just talking about my experiences feeling as if like uh, there's so many coming full circle to this idea that there's so many like identity categories and labels mm-hmm. and that um, I'm often not sure if it's how much of it's a projected insecurity and how much of it's reality. But I feel like because it's hard for me to articulate myself into those boxes that I don't get a lot of play mm-hmm. um, sexually and romantically of late because I'm not I just don't play those games of being like, I'm a this, I'm a top, I'm a bottom, I'm a dyke, I'm a whatever. Like, I just... I am what I say I am. Yeah. Like, in that moment. To you, though. To you. In that, like, our bodies will know. Some of the best sex I've ever had in my life was when there wasn't a lot of words being exchanged for just a shared yes. Right. It just, it feels... It feels inauthentic for me to have to distill myself into these categorizations of like, do I fit in this transaction of what your the menu of what you want is? Right. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like it depends on the moment. Like, is the moonlight right? I don't know. Um and so I was just saying that I wanna I wanna push us, especially black queer people, because we're I think that we can create more space because we are so in the margins mm-hmm. to have a larger vocabulary for what we're willing to entertain for ourselves and with others and unlocking, like just being more fluid with what we're open to and pushing back against uh, the oppressive forces of these like rigid categories of defining ourselves. The It's a hard road to take because I'll say from my own experience, when you don't fit into the labels, then you almost get cast out, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can't go to this, if I don't want to go to this specific bar, this specific club, because I know it's this specific place and I don't want to fall into one or the other side of this binary of whatever that space is, that means I don't go to any space, right? And so, um, what do you think the solution the is? I don't know. I think the solution for me is if I want to be in any space not causing harm, I should be in that space. And so, if there's no space where you feel, do you fully feel that way though? Because remember when I was like, but what if I got on Grinder? And you were like, mm. do you when remember I, we had that conversation? When did I say that? Because I'm not even the same person I was yesterday. When did I say that? Yeah, I'm not trying to drag you. I'm just like trying no, to tease just, out this I'm idea. I'm having a conversation. I'm having a conversation. You can't drag. Like, oh my God. How many times I have to tell this bitch that our Bank of, Amer- our Bank of America accounts are not attached? <laughs> like, 
I'm just trying to say, I'm not going to be like, remember when you said, I'm just, I'm no, using. But when did I say this though? Like, like, okay, I'm, so not like I'm not defending. I'm just asking yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's completely, what you're saying that I said, and I believe that I said it, it's completely different than how I feel today. Okay. So, so what you, did, what and I I were ha- you and I were having a conversation about something. And then I was just like, on that day, I was describing my sexual identity as feeling very much so like an adolescent gay male. Yes. And so I was like, yeah, like sometimes I entertain the idea of like wanting to get on Grinder or something, but I don't know how disingenuous that is because I don't identify as trans masculine, you know? And so I was like teasing out that conversation with you. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, but like, should I? I, I feel like I have this like gay boy vibe. And so I'm wondering like what that space should be like. And like, you weren't like, absolutely not. You were just kind of like, I don't know that. Like, I don't remember the exact thing that you said, but I feel like what was communicated is, I don't know that you're gonna find what you're looking for in the grinder space. Like I hear what you're saying about your like, this kind of gay boy vibe that you have. I just don't know if it's going to read in terms of that space. Not that you were saying I don't belong there to clarify so, what so I meant. Can you just still that down? Cause that was like around the river we went. I essentially, <laughs> shit, I'm too high. I'm too high. What the fuck did I say? You said that I said that you didn't belong in the grinder space. Is that what you're just like? I don't know if that would be I don't know if it's disingenuous. Like, I don't know if it's genuine. I don't know if that's the right place for you to be at. Oh yeah. I've completely changed about that now. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think probably when I said that, that it was the right place for me to be in. Um, <laughs> Why know, did you say that? Huh? Why did you say that? Well, I've, I've still asked you still have an answer. When the fuck did I say it? This was like maybe three months ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, I probably three or four months ago. Three or four months ago. I can tell you why. Um, like I mean, I love the music. This circus. Halloween circus. I could tell you That's why. Appropriate. It, I need to appropriate. eat soon after this. Too. Me too. Me too. Also, me too. I'm, getting hungry. I'm getting hungry as well. I'm thinking about the tuna and the and the noodles in my in my fridge. Um. So <laughs> the reason, the, the question that stands is why would I tell you that you didn't deserve to be or that you didn't belong or that you wouldn't fit in in a grinder space three months ago and I wouldn't say the same thing today? Why is that the case? Is because now like it, I'm realizing what's fallen off of me is this idea that I don't belong anywhere. I belong to everybody and I belong for everybody. Oh, that's deep. And I love because of everybody. So I'm going to resonate with someone in every space, not everybody. But no matter where my spiritual feet go, I belong there because foremost, I belong to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That radical discovery, I dare say, in the last two to three weeks has changed everything. So you should cancel out anything I said from at least three weeks back. Like, like <laughs> well, and I was also just teasing it out myself. This wasn't even just on your like 
how I engaged with Grinder was contingent upon you being the gay male authority. I also didn't know for my own sp- self. I'm just like, okay, yes, I feel a gay masculine energy about myself, but like, I don't know whether the this application is an appropriate setting for me to express that. Like, there's a question mark. It's not that it's a yes or a no. See, this is why. This is this is why. Um... Dear Sister Stacia, we have to take everyone's opinion about our path with a grain of salt. Everyone from the top of your list, the bottom of your list, because facts are three months ago, three weeks ago, I didn't have the confidence to walk into these spaces and go, this is boldly who I am. And this is boldly what I am seeking. And then just setting it there and letting other people decide whether or not that is acceptable for them. But I'm not involved in any of that process. In the present moment, someone in the present moment, you can hear them. Someone is swiping right on my face. Right now, someone is swiping right. Oh, yes, they are on my face. On my face. Swiping right on my face to be on my face. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a beautiful I re- thing. I receive it. So yeah, I mean, like, I think what's different is that um, I never claimed myself, and I think now my recommendation, which is a fresh news, so this should, I hope this can delete, 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 and cancel or at least strike and write a new extra, th- extra. Read all about it. Cut off the press, ladies and gentlemen. And they, these, and they, thems. We've got new messaging for me to Stacia on the record this time. So now we'll actually be able to say what day it was when I said it. What was it? Horrible advice. What was it that I gave you? Um, Today, I would say go into any space and belong in that space because you belong to yourself. That's great advice. And I will also say, I don't think you gave me bad advice in the past because you did not like say a hard, like you shouldn't be on Grinder. I think we were both teasing out, exploring like, well, what, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? What are you seeking? And like, is it the appropriate setting for that? Based on my experience as a gay male, you know, like we were just like playing in the sandbox of like, what does it look like to really fucking queer our identities and like, you know? I think I think empirically now it looks like me going. I mean, I can't go into Grinder right now because it's too much temptation. I've seen the way the men look in the neighborhood and the way they look at me in the neighborhood. And I'm realizing the only reason why I've not been getting it even pre-COVID because I wasn't paying attention. Now that I realize that I cannot be in those spaces, not because I don't belong to be in those spaces anymore, but because if I go on there. I'm going to fuck a stranger. Sure. And I cannot expose myself to that right now. But but as soon as... <laughs> as soon as I can. Well, and I think that's the other question, right? Is that just also to bring this full circle. Please is do. like... So we can go eat. I... When I was even asking that question about grinder and my and this like gay adolescent boy identity that i was vibe that i was feeling 
I didn't want to go on Grinder because I'm just like, I want somebody in my asshole right now or vice versa. It was really just like, I want to belong in my gay male energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want somebody to be attracted to the gay male that I feel like right now. I want somebody to affirm that in me. Not necessarily physically <laughs> in my butt right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I think that like that's also yeah, what you were I picking th- up th- yeah, about th- like, okay, is well, Reiner the right Yeah, you made that maybe like, oh, that sounds that. like an okay Cupid kind of situation. <laughs> you said, bitch, you lesbian. I think you're on the wrong app. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that, yeah, I think that's what it was. That's I then I still stand by that. So strike, strike all of the <laughs> strike all of the encouraging words and the take back. No, if that's what you want, your ass should be on OKQ, but not on Grinder, where people are literally trying to stick it in you <laughs> tonight. That's why I'm not on it because I'm not trying to get stuck in tonight. Oh, this is so funny and bad as fuck. It's full story. Yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. Um, the taking up space live taping. This is what it looks like to be friends and love sharing ideas. Um, I got a note card of shit that's going to be on the next episode. Um, episode five. I think it's safe to say that we'll probably be back in two weeks. So set your calendars, but we'll decide and let you know. Um, I think that what. I'm so hungry. To bring this back home on this marathon Halloween 2020 episode of Taking Up Space, episode four. Um, what it means to grow up and to find freedom as a queer kid is that you are now allowed to sit in forest with full black and pale makeup, um, a wall with a lantern, and crazy haunted merry-go-round noises playing. And this is what our queer futures look like. Um, They look like them locally. They look like this locally. Um, They look like this remotely. Um, We are able to inhabit our queer selves and make room for ourselves as much as we damn well please. Um, And if you don't like it, then I invite you to jump upon She Broom and fly over the fence of the city. Um, but for us in the city, which includes the Taking Up Space podcast, Stacia J. Turner's Thought Leaders with Ethereal Materials and the whole family, if you're down with the queer, yummy freedom that we feel, I do this because the ancestors could not. 
get into this joy, or you can get all those wrinkles on your face. deep shit we had no viewers we got viewers for this shit of course we do acting the fool they always want to see a second time ah! i'm here for it Woo! we lost the viewer okay so <laughs> Silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. Truly. Stacia, Truly. as always, <laughs> such a pleasure being with you. We saw you earlier in the week as Frankenstein Monster. Today we see you as your lovable monster self. Thank you for coming into um, my life and just <laughs> sharing in the magic. Oh my gosh. Andre, I think it's, I adore you. I think we can stay forever young just like this. If we continue to dedicate space, even if we start doing other serious adult things, um, whatever the fuck that means, if we can just stay dedicated to like the sandbox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to keep the queer shit alive. Like queering is a concept, it's a lifestyle outside of just doing gay shit. Like it means living however you decide to show up in True that freedom. time and space and moment and just living freely. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to end at is that like I imagine and dream in a world where I sh shake off the shackles of the pessimism about like the weird patchwork of identities that I am mm -hmm. just like believing that that can be fully accepted by my society and by culture and that I can still be attractive and that people can still long to know me and want to be in relationship with me because they can't put me in a box because that's a part of the unique quality that is what your freedom is the honey mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. that's what i want i want my freedom to be honey yes yes i love that that was a beautiful that? metaphor are you, are you feeling that that was a beautiful metaphor Sticky and sweet. Sticky, sticky in all the right ways. May you all have a great um, couple of weeks ahead. Um, this selection is going to do some of you in. Um, I hope that you keep two nostrils above the water and recognize that if you just step to the left, you can be out. Um, you can be free. You can allow all of these things to happen while maintaining your freedom. And then that is like honey to the bees. Queer your dome, homies, queer your dome. <laughs> <laughs>
Rear your dome. Have a great life, everybody. We'll see.